pain and illness can become an all-consuming experience. Hi, and welcome to I Am Not My Pain podcast. I am your host, Melissa, a chronic pain sufferer for over 20 years, and I know firsthand how pain can easily take over your life and isolate you from others. But the truth is we are so much more than our pain and illness, and we are not alone. There are millions of fellow warriors on their own journey. Join me as we hear real stories of people living with pain and illness, their challenges, their victories, and the treatments they use to get through the day. I am not my pain, and neither are you. Welcome back to I Am Not My Pain podcast. Today we are continuing our discussion with Andy Kottmeyer Moore. Andy has had rare conditions since she was nine and experiences Cushing's disease, kidney disease, neuropathy, type one diabetes, vitiligo, retinopathy. And as she would say, she is a very fortunate transplant recipient. Andy has not only been an advocate for different organizations, she has also taught a six week course on self-management of a chronic disease at the Alberta Living Well program called Better Choices, Better Health. I hope you will listen to the previous episode where we discussed the tasks for self-management, including the importance of your medical team and communication with your loved ones and your doctors. And when we left off, Andy and I were discussing how adapting our lifestyle and mindset is critical to help self-managing our chronic conditions. Let's continue with the discussion and more self-management tools. You know, I just want to add that adapting can look really dramatic for some people in different ways. Like I had a girlfriend, I was very lucky, an old, old friend who I used to go to the home and garden show with that came around to our city once a year. And uh, when I was really sick and wasn't walking well, she wouldn't let me stay home. She said, get in the car, we're getting a wheelchair and we're going to go together. And she was absolutely willing to push me around. uh, And I was willing to sit in that chair. And that was the other thing. There is a stigma associated sometimes with being ill or in debilitating pain that I think is really heartfelt and, and affects people a great deal. But adapting can also be done in small ways too. Like It can literally be how you get in and out of your bed every day. It can literally be a small change that you make when you're sitting down into a chair or you're getting up from a seated position. It can be, like you said, it could be writing in a journal once a day about what happened. It could be like, okay, so I had a regular day, but this one thing was just a little bit different. And you make a note of that. And then we take a look at all those little notes over a 30-day period, and you start to see patterns emerge. Absolutely. It's so important to see those patterns and to know, especially with certain things, to know your triggers, to know how to manage what's going to make this worse, what's going to make it better, so that you can actually make choices around that. And I'm not saying they're always fun choices, like you may have to stay home one night that you wanted to go out. I know for me, sitting with no head support for a really lengthy amount of time or like an app, especially when the pain was very severe, even just 30 minutes without support, my neck would just spasm and the headaches would get worse. So I knew I needed a chair with head support. And 
it was something that, you know, if, if we were going somewhere that didn't have that, then maybe I just, I, I couldn't go, or I had to go for a limited amount of time. And it's not a, always a fun thing, but you just, it can be small things like you said as well, but also there's things that you will learn as you go, what, what works for you and what doesn't. And that's, it's so true. Yeah. And sometimes they find you. <laughs> like I remember I have one medication that actually um, takes away some of my um, bone mass over time. So I, I do have a little bit of arthritis now in my lower back. And I was finding pillows to use in different parts of my body for support before I even found uh, a physiotherapist that taught me what a quote-unquote neutral position was and what that really meant and how to make that um, as pain-free as sleep as possible. And, you know, I, I think that listening to our instincts sometimes gets overlooked. You have to listen to your gut. It's an important part of decision-making, too. If you do a list of pros and cons and you evaluate all the pros and then all the cons, take a moment to take a deep breath and then say, does this pass the gut test? Is this something that I can honestly say that I'm good with choice A or not? If I'm not okay with it, maybe this is something I need to look at again in another few weeks. And, and maybe this isn't the time to look at this as an option right now. And that's, there's, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Decision-making too. I know when a lot of people go to doctors and they say, well, we can just go ahead and schedule you. And you are more than willing to say, no, I need to think about this. And if you need to come back in for a separate appointment, because you have come up with a slew of questions after doing some research and looking at it, then do that. I mean, research is important. And as much as you need to be careful where you get your resources, there is such a vast amount of resources now online and you can use that to your advantage. And, you know, there are doctors, certain surgeons that like surgery. I mean, that's what they go to and that may not be your answer. So make sure to get those second opinions before doing any type of surgery. And I recommend, you know, definitely, like I said before, bringing something with you who has a list of questions, who will make sure those questions get answered because you have a tendency when you're nervous and you're scared and you may miss a lot of the questions or you may just, or maybe you're a little afraid of doctors and you don't want to rock the boat with the doctors. So you're like, oh, I don't want to just, I'm not going to ask all these questions. You need to bring someone who will and really get those things done so that you can make the most educated decision. And making decisions is hard. It's, it's a hard decision. Sometimes you do it like I said, I did a lot of mine out of desperation, things I wish I could take back that I cannot, uh, things that I did, like my second surgery, I wish I never had, but I can't go back and change that. When we're making decisions of any kind, we have to watch that our fears don't stop us in our tracks, because I think for a lot of people, being in pain all the time, having a chronic condition brings up all sorts of fears and it can't it's not just when you're looking at your primary care physician in their white coat and getting a bit anxious you know like if your blood pressure goes higher while you're sitting there it can be something like how am i going to pay for this what is my insurance coverage 
does this mean that my mortality rate is lower than it used to be? What does this mean for my children? Can I pick up my grandchildren still? And what I'm talking about is how to make the very best life you can given your new challenges. So maybe the things that we're talking about, like getting a bath bar to help with, you know, balance in the bathtub, for instance, it may not be a big thing when we're talking about it, but if you're slipping in the shower and getting a, a head injury, sometimes something as simple as a bath bar that you installed three years ago, even if you weren't using it to have it there, can make a big difference. Finding a stool to use to sit down um, while you're um, cooking at your kitchen counter. Those adaptations are important, but just as important is recognizing and honoring the fears that go with the unknown because there is a lot of unknown and that's what we're talking about we're talking about empowering yourself with information so that you can make your best choices and i think that that honestly dives us into how do we deal with the difficult emotions that arise as a result of all these changes like fear and and like right. yes yeah, stress and anxiety and which are all natural, by the way, if you're having them. I know that people tend to think, well, I shouldn't have that feeling or oh, please trust us. We get it. Like you do. How can you not? Your whole life's changed or you're dealing with a lot of different issues than you ever had before. So you're going to deal with these issues no matter who you are. It, sure. it happens. There's going to be those, those emotions that arise. Yes, it's true. And for a lot of people that are dealing with chronic pain, for instance, and definitely with chronic conditions as well, we have to look at what are some of the sad feelings that we have, like we were talking about before, grieving your old self and taking a look at who this new person, this new version of yourself is, right? Um, I like to look at that as exciting, but it, it's a reality that there are difficult emotions that arise. Um, I'll give you an example of a, a, a problem I had this summer. This summer? I guess it was a bit longer than that now. The friend I'd mentioned before who brought me to the garden and the home and garden show like we'd always done in a wheelchair is actually a friend I've had since high school. And I have lost that friendship this year. So somebody I'd known all these years who's helped me in many, many ways uh, with COVID being something that we have to deal with. I, as an immunocompromised person, really pulled back from a lot of my interactions with friends and family to a point that was very difficult emotionally, as you can imagine. I have the most amazing partner in the world who I live with, and whatever good things I can say about him, I will, because he has been my my rock through so much. But this particular um, challenge was so difficult for me because I really believed in my heart that this person, out of anybody, understood some of these challenges that I was facing. She watched my dog for me while I had my transplant and was away for a long time. She's been there with my family when we you know, when I had my diabetes diagnosis, we went to school together. I mean, there was so much that I really thought she honored and understood. And what I came to find when it, when, when it came to COVID was that 
her understanding of it was very different than mine. She really believed, believed that it was a flu. And it really might have been that for her, uh, but it wasn't for me. And those are those are difficult decisions. You know, I, I really was so hurt and disappointed. That was her take on it. And as a result, our friendship of however many years has really gone by the wayside. And, and I'm, I'm sad about that, but I'm not going to apologize for that. I have to take care of myself first, and you have to take care of yourself first. And whatever that looks like is okay. It's important, right? Nobody is going to take the best care of me than me if I am doing everything I'm supposed to do, and then some, right? So some of the other ways that we deal with difficult emotions, again, going back to basic breathing, you know, when we slow our breathing down, we engage in our, one of the main nerves in our body that slows down our senses and really can calm us down from a, from the core, right? And it it allows our brains to function better when we are in a, a rest state, so to speak, right? A more restful state than an anxiety state. And I'm I apologize. I'm not a doctor, so I can't I can't be specific about how that works. But the other thing that we can do again is doing whatever exercises we can. Maybe getting outdoors, getting some vitamin D into our bodies. Um, making sure that we are eating the best and most nutritious foods that we can, that we're trying to get as much sleep as we can. All of those things will help us deal with those difficult emotions. If you're finding that your emotions are really overwhelming you in a lot of ways and that the things that you're employing are just not working for you, then by all means, Go and speak to your family physician about this because it's something that they see a lot of and they may be able to help. And if not, they can refer you to other places and people who can. And that's a big job of what a primary care physician does. There's a lot of things to do with emotions. You know, meditation is really great because it does. It's the only thing in the autonomic nervous system that we can control easily. Everything else we cannot, but we can control that and we control that flight or fight response in our brain that is just keyed off all the time when we're stressed and when we're anxious. But for some people, you know, affirmations, other things to help self-talk, because what I have found in my life, especially, is I had a, an interesting narrative I gave myself and I still deal with it. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is, I am not perfect at this. I never enjoyed affirmations. I'm going to be honest. They were not for me. Okay. But again, this is where individuality works. You know, it's certain affirmations, certain ones did, but some certain ones keyed me off. I don't know why. And honestly, I couldn't even tell you why, but they did. So what I did was a little different. And what I started to notice was I just would write down when I start self-talking you know, when I start that narrative in my head where it was all my fault and I'm weak and I'm lazy and, and, and if I just wanted to get over this, I could. 
and I'm all alone with this and I'm suffering and I just would envelop that. And what I didn't realize was how much more suffering I was causing myself and how much that narrative fed me and my body and my mind connection. But it was hard to pull away from that. And it took me a good amount of time. And it honestly took me going to therapy and having someone else point that out. And then also to tell me like, listen, you know, you're not weak. You're not lazy. You're not crazy. You're going through a lot of life changes. These are normal emotions to have because I didn't like that. I felt that way. I mean, nobody wants to feel that upset and depressed and stressed. And, uh, you know, it was just, I hated that feeling and I hated being angry. That was one of the feelings I hated having was being angry. I don't like being angry. And I was angry. I was angry at God. I was angry at myself. I was angry at my situation and I couldn't separate that anger. And, And honestly, meditation really helped that as well, because I was able to pull back a little from the anger and have a little more space. But it's something that you have to find what works for your style and what works. But there's so many tools out there and there's more tools now than ever before. I mean, when I first got sick, the mind-body connection was non-existent. I mean, they did not talk about it. When I went to doctors, nobody mentioned it. And now it's everywhere you see. And it should be. And it should be even bigger than that because there is such a connection with the way we speak to ourselves, with the way we feel as much as we may not notice. And that does not mean you're causing your pain and your illness. And it, it's, that's not what I'm saying. So don't blame yourself because if you're like me, that's what I did. But I've had to separate that. It took a long time for me to get there, but there are tools out there that you can use to get to that point where you notice when you are starting that negative self-talk and that negative road you are on. And then also to find those small things that bring you some joy in your life and do them and really savor them and really be grateful too. Like gratefulness was a big one. Gratitude is so important. Yeah. But I think that there are stages that we all go through. Everything that you just said, I've heard by so many people in the past. And a lot of things that people take joy in often go by the wayside when they're just trying to survive day to day, right? The things that give us joy, maybe we don't have the energy for that anymore. Maybe it's just too hard to incorporate that into everything else that we have to do. And I really hear you when you talk about this, and it's where I'm really passionate. Definitely, when you get the self-talk going, you have to try and stop it in its tracks. And there are so many ways that we can do that with distraction, which is, again, uh, also a treatment for pain, right? If you can control your pain with distraction techniques like um, visualizations. Like for some people, that's television. For some people, it's writing. For others, it's singing. Um, do things that you enjoy, but again, maybe use your adapters. Where do you go to church? Is that something that you won't compromise in your in your full daily life? Um, you know, it's really important to put yourself first and to be gentle with yourself. And I find that from so many people that I've discussed this with over the years, that it's our, it's our first instinct to be hard on ourselves, almost as if we're punishing ourselves for what, what is really not our fault. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. Because we're supposed to be stronger than that. And we're supposed to be able to just get through whatever is handed to us with a smile and a grin and pretend that it's all fine. And our world might be falling apart, but we're great and we're strong and we can pull through. And it's just not that easy when you're living in it. And you're really, it's easy when you're sitting from afar looking at people. And, but it is a different story when it happens to you in your life and it changes everything in your life. And it's not as easy to sit back and be like, oh, I'm going to conquer that. It's going to be great. And I'm going to be fine. And it's, it's definitely more of a process and a slow process at that, but it is a process and perspective is, is key though, in a lot of this, and it's not easy to maintain it. And I am not perfect. But perspective is important because the more perspective you can have and the kindness on yourself, that is so true. Because yeah. everybody I meet to is the, the hardest person they are is on themselves. And right. it is right. it's hard not to just, you know, keep doing that to yourself. And really, it's just not serving you in the long run. And you're used to it, but you need to recognize that you're not, that you're doing that. Sometimes first, the first thing for me was to actually recognize I did it. And then I was like, oh, like, I didn't even know I did this. And then the second step was, okay, how do I change that? And can I change that? And, you know, what are the steps I need to take and what works for me and what doesn't work for me? So like I said, affirmations were not my bag. Like I did not enjoy those, but I was able to find other things that worked that helped me to change and twist that talk. Melissa, I'm so grateful that you're doing this podcast and I am not the person who's going to sit here and tell everybody just to be grateful and, you know, put a smile on my face. It doesn't work that way. You really have to go through your own personal process in order to be the best self you can be on the other end. And knowing that you're not alone is really key. I think people often feel isolated And so when they tune into your podcast and they hear all of your guests and yourself, you know, really tell it like it is and explain what what they've been through, other people can relate to that. Maybe they can take something away from it. We can further discussions. It's just awesome. And I'm so grateful that you're doing it. Oh, you're so kind. Yes, I'm excited to do it. And I've really loved meeting so many people, including you. It's just been, it's been a really rewarding experience and just reminding how many people go through a chronic condition and that people live with it every day and how individual they are as well. It's just, it's a fascinating thing. And there's just so much to it. And it touches, like I said, it touches every facet of your life. And you kind of have to learn how to adjust each part of your life, each part of your relationships with everyone to kind of work through that. And it does, it's, it's a process and it takes a little bit of readjusting, but it's possible. And that's the other thing is it's, it really is possible to still enjoy life, but have a chronic condition and it's not perfect, but it's there. And I think if I'd have known more of people like this when I first got sick, I think that would have opened my mind a little bit more to all this because it took a long time for me to see this and to really grasp it. 
And, and maybe that's what I needed. Maybe I needed the time. And everybody processes in their own time. So it's, there's no, no pressure and you'll do it in your own way. But there are so many tools out there at your disposal now that you can utilize and small tools like you mentioned, or like I have an adjustable bed. I mean, things that you wouldn't think. I mean, I love my adjustable bed. Uh, So there's just so many things out there to help you self-manage. And that's the thing is you have to take, there's only so much a doctor can do and you have the ability to, to do things for your, I mean, you, it's up to you. It's your life. No, one's going to do it for you. And it has to be up to you. And that's a hard thing to, and it's not that you chose this illness. It's not that you, you wanted it in any shape or form, but you have it. And so now how do you manage that? And it's, you know, all the points you made are just perfect. So I love that. And uh, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. It was great. Thanks for having me, Melissa. It's so good to talk to you. And again, I just love what you're doing. Well, I really do appreciate it. And thank you to my listeners for tuning in. And I hope you tune in next week as we talk to another amazing warrior. And remember, you are not alone and you are not your pain. Like the show? Please subscribe and leave a review. Or do you want to be a guest? Simply email notmypain at heroescircle.org. Again, that is notmypain at heroes, H-E-R-O-E-S, circle.org. Your story matters, and we look forward to hearing from you. Hi, this is Keith. I am a martial arts therapist at the Hero Circle, a global healing and wellness initiative inspired by the children of kids kicking cancer. Would you like to discover the power of your breath while fueling the purpose of thousands of sick children across the globe? Simply check out our free adult meditation catalog at herocircle.org forward slash meditations. To learn more about our program and our inspirational little heroes, visit our website at herocircle.org. From all of us at the Hero Circle, we wish you a wonderful day. Power, peace, purpose.